Oh, yes. We're going to get historical today, folks. It's going to be the crash course of world history. Just so we know where we're coming from, it's going to lead into discussions about culture. But let's start with this. Imagine a room with no windows, and you take two newborns, place them in the room. We're going to have people that are going to take care of the newborns, but from birth, two humans, homo sapiens, are placed in this room. You have a door. The door has a slot that opens up and a hand will uh, deliver a plate of food three times a day. Obviously, infants, like they need to have milk so they're not eating regular food. But these newborns are going to start to grow up and develop physically and cognitively. They do not have any awareness or outside influence outside of that room. They don't know anything else that exists outside of that room. And they just have each other. So again, their reality of the universe is very small. We talked before about, like imagine, that's kind of like us, almost in a sense, but like they, while they're in the room, let's say China exists. Those two don't know that China exists, but we know that China does. The same thing true for us for like planet earth and like the rest of the universe i like to think about that but here's the point the questions do you think when the time comes when they are developed enough do you think that these two will develop their own language will they develop a language because what is language what is communication I have an idea, I need to take my idea and put it into your head, or at least express it, I'll figure out a way to do it. Will these two create their own language, do you think? I wonder what it would sound like if they do. Do you think that they will have some sort of social structure, like one will overpower the other? Will they be completely equal? Like, What do you think that would be like? How about this? What do you think they will think of the hand that delivers the food. Will that, like, do you think they could develop a religion out of this? Like, God is the hand? I guess what I'm asking in the end, and if you'd like, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I, I would love to talk about this. But in the end, I guess the question is, is culture inevitable? Would these two create their own culture? Something to think about. Let's do it. Oh, welcome back to class, everybody. This is the crash course of world history. We're going to get you caught up from the beginning of humanity all the way to 
Well, really the beginning of humans entering into the picture. I'm not going to dive deep into all these different empires. We don't need to know the details. The point of this class is for us to think about how did we get to where we are today? And this is not the step-by-step chronological. This is theoretical, conceptual. How does civilization occur? How do we go from being nomadic hunter-gatherers to a complex civilization where a bunch of people are working together, working around another group of a bunch of people? And there are countless groups of a bunch of people, right? Different cultures. How does culture happen? We will eventually look at like the complexity of our current civilization. Like for instance, I was doing the dishes today and I put some dishes in the dishwasher and then I put a little pod of whatever that I got in a cardboard box and it's a bunch of little crystal things in a little plastic wrap and I just place it in dishwasher, turn a knob, push a button, bam, hot water starts pouring out. Where does that come from? I don't know. And then I turned on the light to make sure that the dish that I was cleaning with my hand was clean. Where does that electricity come from? How the heck do we get here? It's kind of crazy. I can just turn on a switch. And again, not everyone on the planet can do this. They're on their way. They're trying. They probably like to do that. Most groups, some groups would not. There are still nomadic groups out there. But most groups are in the process of developing. As are we. We're still developing. We are at what we'd call a developed nation. But we're still changing. We're evolving. I don't know if I want to call it progress. But I turn on a switch. Electricity happens. That's pretty crazy. I turn a knob. Water comes out clean water and I could fill that water up in a glass and then drink it and I'm like yeah that tastes bad and someone's like you know you probably shouldn't drink that you should filter it first but it's crazy that I could even turn a knob and water comes out this is not normal we've come a very very long way so we're gonna look into it the beginnings of the era of man, or oh gosh, the era of the Homo sapien, man and woman, and they and whatever else is coming down the road. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think this is just a, like a side tangent to say like, man, that used to be like cover all humans, and then we had to say like man and woman, and now we're gonna get to the point where it's gonna be like man woman they and like how are anymore well let's just say homo sapiens they'll cover it we're in the era of homo sapiens so homo sapiens as opposed to other beings like neanderthals um homo erectus right different types of like hominoid hominid beings not quite apes got that structure though walking upright got the thumbs you got a bunch of different types and you got homo sapiens which is us way way back in the day 
It was up in the air who was going to control the world. And by the way, we're going to go with the philosophy of separation of church and state. We're going to assume that humans have evolved and we've been on the planet for a long time. In my opinion, I'll be straight up. I am a Christian. I'm okay with that theory of evolution. Like that doesn't disprove God, but that can be a separate conversation. We don't got to worry about that, but this is a separation of church and state, right? I'm a public school teacher. This is a public course. There are different theories about how we got here. Could have been aliens. Who knows? But we're going to go with the theory that humans, homo sapiens started in Africa and evolved and then migrated out. But we are animals just like everyone else. And the theory is that they were dinosaurs. They got wiped out. And then mammals got their time in the sun and they developed and evolved. And out of that came homo sapiens among other animals. Like maybe there's an alternate universe where ants took over the world. I wouldn't put it past them. They're sneaky. But humans, homo sapiens, are an animal. The goal in the end, religion aside, the goal in nature is to reproduce and pass on your genes and ensure that your genes will then be passed on, right? You want to create a turtle shell. Whatever that means for you, you want a turtle shell. You want you, the essence of you, to last. So you want to, one, be desirable to mate Sometimes it's not desirable. Sometimes it's like, you're going to find the mate. You're going to fight. And then the female is going to give up. Like these are other animals. Sometimes they're humans. Um, right. Looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you got the basic needs, the psychological needs and the self-fulfillment needs. So your basic needs are two things, physiological and safety. And physiological is like the base foundation, right? We need food, water, warmth, depending on where you're at, and we need to be able to rest. If you can't get that, you will not survive. So like, objective number one for a human and for all animals is to ensure you have access to food, you can drink, and you can stay warm and rest. Then you need to worry about your safety. Right? If you're starving to death and you got to choose between, all right, I got to go out to this watering hole. And like, think about when you watch Planet Earth. If you don't, you need to step up your game. Watch Planet Earth, watch stuff on Netflix. You got those like little watering holes in Africa, right? And let's say zebras and all these other like impalas are drinking from it and they got their eyes looking out and alligator at any point can pop, pop out and get you. You are sacrificing your safety because you have to get H2O, right? That's the most basic thing. So you got to make decisions. How can I get that? That's like objective number one. Then if you can, like, let's say store some food so you don't have to constantly be worrying about it, like going out into the dangers of the world because real talk, nature's scary. Nature don't care about you. It is natural selection. 
it's survival of the fittest in regards to like nature nature we got a different version of nature now but nature nature it's a scary world and it don't care about your feelings it's eat or be eaten maybe why can't we all get along now the why can't we all get along is to improve the likelihood that you're going to get your at least your basic needs so all animals are trying to eat drink rest and then if they can do it safely that's the goal that's like n nice <laughs> if you're an animal out in nature and like you got that like you feel pretty good about getting your food and water and like you feel safe nice watch the show alone you realize like how actually difficult it now like because i can go downstairs i can open up a cupboard and it's like oh what do i want to eat today and then the groceries get low or my reserves get low and i'm like oh my gosh we have nothing to eat and i can then just drive to a grocery store and there's just so many options Think of cans of soup. There's just all different colors and flavors and like four different companies offering the same flavor. And you're like, oh, I like this type of ranch better than the other one. And I'm not knocking it because I am that, but like that's not real. That's just kind of, well, I guess the question is, how did we get there? And that is part of what this class is, like analyzing the world and like industrialization. That's, we'll get into it. Now, Psychological needs for humans would be, um, according to Maslow, belongingness and love and then esteem. So humans have the desire or the need to belong to a group, to have relationships. Like when you watch the show alone, one of the reasons why people tap out is they don't like to be alone. We are very social beings. Now, you could be an introvert, you could like to be alone, but a lot of people, if they didn't have anyone in their life, like I think about Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix one. Is it like Joaquin? You guys say it like that? I think about him. He is struggling because he's like, I feel like people don't even look at me, right? Part of being human is to have that connection, that eye contact, the laughing, the friendship, genuine. We want to belong to a group that is part of human behavior if you can exploit that like side note if you want to be like a cult leader or a psychopath people exploit that out of other people they find people who like are looking for a group to belong to and like hey why don't you join this one we'll make you feel like you're a brother and then it's a weird group hey i don't like i'm ranting but hopefully this is interesting i think of like furries not saying that's a cult at all, but when we get into culture and like taboo, furries are a really interesting cultural phenomenon. Furries stick together because like, think about like, I don't want to call it the, the implications socially of becoming a furry really solidifies you into that group, right? Once you go in and you become one, you got to be one. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll interview a furry. And then esteem. So uh, Maslow has prestige and feeling of accomplishment, right? If you are worrying about getting food, you're not necessarily worried about belonging. Once you have like the basic needs met and covered, 
then you start worrying about belonging and you're like focusing on that then you start focusing on like feeling accomplished and like actually feeling good about yourself and then finally self-fulfillment is like self-actualization that is achieving your full potential now like think of it maslow in regards to education for instance would be we can't really get have kids be worried about homework and like doing things at school when they're going home and aren't really worried about and sorry when they go home and they're worried about where their next meal is going to be or where they're sleeping that night you can't expect a kid to be right the kids got to prioritize and when you're going home and you don't even know where you're going to sleep at night which is a reality for students how are we expecting them to do your homework like make sure you read this chapter and tell me what abraham lincoln thought about you know like I got to find a bed tonight and I got to make sure that I'm not sleeping on the street. That's a reality, right? So priority priorities. Humans, priority number one, ensure you're going to survive the next week, the next month, depending on where you're at. Develop that sense of security. Form the community. Now, forming the community, in theory increases your likelihood of meeting your basic needs you are depending on the situation the number can get too large and like we have seen that happen you are better off surviving if you have a group now that's going to get into like the is culture inevitable in order to have a group you have to be on the same page that's language. A lot of times religion brings in to play or comes into play. Tradition, developing traditions, storytelling, all that stuff, right? The more that we can identify ourselves as us, we're in this together. The more I'm willing to work harder to get the food and sacrifice for my people rather than meet my individual needs. That's individual and collectivism. We're going to get into that when we get into liberty. As in like how much individual freedom should you give up for the greater good of the community? Because we are, in theory, better off working together than all of us working alone and competing. People next door to me are working on their house and they're blasting some Pink Floyd. Nice. All right. So Homo sapiens, in theory, pop up in Africa. What does that mean? That means we are all from Africa. That should just stop racism right there. We humans, Homo sapiens, began to migrate really from like the Kenya area. Um, not exactly sure why, and it's not like I'm not exactly sure why. There are different theories as to why humans start to migrate. I think let's just use logic and reason. Why would they do it? Uh, one, humans are curious. That's why we went to the moon. That's why Lois and Clark did their thing, right? We as humans tend to want to figure out what is beyond, and we tend to do it. And I'm sure, like, you got a community of what are called hunter-gatherers or like nomadic people. You get one brave young man who's gonna get a group of people and they're gonna just explore. They're gonna go out there and test out. Now, could be bravery, curiosity, could also be the number of people in a general area is 
the population density is increasing so much that we can't compete for all of these resources, and that's essentially food. So, because there are so many people here, and I don't want to be killed for the food, I am going to get some people, and we're just going to go out and find the next place. And we're dealing with nomadic people here. Paleolithic societies, so hunter-gatherers. These groups, we'll call them tribes, they usually don't number more than 500. They require a lot of space because they're not settling down. Think of, like this would be the stereotypical, think of Native Americans with teepees moving with the buffalo. That is an example. They don't have a house that they can't move. They have to move with the food. A lot of times the social structure within that, you have, and this is not every time, but the men would go out to hunt, get the food. The women would do the childbearing. They would gather the berries, the nuts, the mushrooms, whatever. Everyone had a job. And that is like, that's early humans. While this is happening, humans, because this is what humans do more, I guess more so than other animals, because we have the brain to do it and we have the hands to do it. We create tools to make our lives easier. Think of like making a spear. We find a rock. We use other rocks to sharpen that rock. We attach it to a long stick. That's better than me using my hand. If I can attach it to a long pole, that's better than me just having the rock in my hand, right? Right. We So it's uh, what we'd call like sociocultural evolution. Humans are developing, not necessarily physically. We're evolving culturally. We are creating inventions. We are creating uh, a story about the universe, right? Um, religions start to pop up. An understanding of like, who are we? Why are we here, right? Like this is when, and sapien means wise. So what makes, what distinguishes us is our ability to think about thinking really. And like our awareness of that and our ability to like, wait a second, who am I? So as we're trying to survive and once we meet our basic needs is in like, we know that we're going to have food and we're all sitting around a fire. Like you got to think about this is culture, right? Culture starts to happen. We sit around a fire, we tell stories, we look up at the stars and I've only a few times in my life actually seen the night sky for what it is, right? Because because of industrialization and electricity, we now have light pollution. Like if you go to, I was in with my wife in uh, Bryce Canyon, very high up, not very high up, but higher altitude and not a lot of light pollution like i could see the milky way for the first time in my life and it was incredible it was awesome that's such a lost art for humans like to look up at the night sky and like think about like early early humans start to develop language and we're going to dive deeper into language but then they start to like tell stories about where they came from again like to clarify here 
that doesn't disprove God like, oh, because religion, like they started making up different religions. Like that doesn't disprove or prove God, but that's just what happened, right? Humans start to tell stories. So out of Africa, these hunter-gatherers start to migrate around. They're spreading out. They are going into what we now call like the Middle East. So like Saudi Arabia area. Um, some are pushing up into Europe. They're going to run into Neanderthals. You're either going <laughs> to... I was going to do the game. Um, what is it? Marry blank and uh, kill. <laughs> You're either going to work with the Neanderthals. And if you look at Neanderthals, like they are what we would think of as cavemen, like the broad, thick humans, or not humans, human looking things, but not quite. They are going to not make it. They're not going to win the game. Think of this like a board game, all these animals competing to control the world, or maybe that's just a human way of looking at it. But because <laughs> we just colonize everything and then we colonize each other there's a chance I don't know what the number is but I'm going to say it's like 3% chance that if you're of like European descent that you have Neanderthal genetics so like Homo sapiens mixed with Neanderthals we also killed them I'm pretty sure we ate them we also ate each other you gotta do what you gotta do to survive right like safety first or food first basic needs then safety we go into Europe we go into like South Central Asia, so that's like India, then we push either Southeast Asia, so that's like the Philippines, then we even make boats, and we get into Australia, Australia. Um, we push up into what's now like Russia. What also happens, there is, if you look at the distance between Alaska and Russia, it's really not that big. Like I'm pretty sure someone swam it to prove a point. You can check me on that one. I think it was a woman. I just remember seeing this. You can double check me. She swam it just to prove a point. The point could have been something about the Cold War. I don't know. But back in the day, we're talking way, way, way back. That was connected. It was a land bridge. So humans walk across it because that's just what we do. Or that's what we did. We're still doing it. We're trying to get to Mars now. We're doing the same thing. And then they start to spread out into the Americas, right? You start to go down like route, what is it, one? Down like California coast. They're like, oh, nice. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like a Californian. I don't even know if that's a good job. Uh, they go down California. What I'm using like modern terms. They didn't call it like, oh, look, it's California. And now we're in Mexico. They didn't do that. They go into what we now know as Mexico. And while that's happening, some groups are staying, some groups are leaving. This is a long process. This isn't like a family vacation, like road trip, and they're just like constantly going. Like, this is a long, long process. Some groups went east and they fill out into like the Mississippi area. Some groups go more northeast, they go into like the Canada area. Native Americans as we would call them. Some go through Central America and into South America, and they go all the way to the bottom. Eventually, humans, this is what I find to be crazy. 
We don't and like this is rarely thought of it. I feel at least for me. How did humans get to Hawaii? Like that takes some guts. Who did it? Who done it? Right? <laughs> like we're going to hop in some boats and we're going to go out into the ocean and I feel like if we pick this direction and follow the stars right, we might find some land. Like and then what? Well, then we just do what we do. But we did it. The land bridge gets filled up with water. Eventually, people on the we'll call it this is complicated now if you're depending on the map you're looking at. People in like the Asia area forget about the people in the Americas area, vice versa. They don't know that each other exists. And all of these groups. So again, think about think about like the Native Americans, right? You got a group Walking in, let's say like you settle in the Washington area and then a group from your group eventually leaves and they go out. And if you give it a, a, hundred, a couple hundred years, a thousand years, like these are now two distinguishable groups, right? They've developed different cultures. It could be different languages. They could be similar in a sense, like you could find a root to them, but they develop different languages, different origin stories, and all these different cultures are, cha- are, are evolving and they're changing and they're making new ones as they spread out. Not only that, Skin color. Let's talk about it. If you look at the earth is tilted, so the equator area gets constant direct sunlight from the sun all 365 days a year. The north and south poles, the further you get from the equator, there is a time in the year in which you're leaning towards the sun, you're getting more direct sunlight, and then there's a time in the year where you're leaning, you're tilted away from the sun and you're getting indirect sunlight. Therefore, you are not consistently getting ultraviolet rays or UV. At the equator, you get more UV. Your skin, we need the vitamin D from the sun, like that's essential. So our skin pigmentation, pigment? I'm just gonna keep rolling. Our skin color is dependent on our latitude and latitude is like distance from the equator. So the more you get away from the equator and the less you're experiencing direct sunlight constantly year round, you, you, your skin color has to change to get the vitamin D. And think about this, like natural selection. If you were to take my pasty white self and drop me off in Africa without sunscreen, I'm dead. Literally, I'm dead especially like back in the day, early hunter-gatherer type humans. Like I'm not going to make it. I'm going to get so sunburnt that I'm going to blister up and I can't possibly think about going to get food and I'm going to die and I'm not going to pass on my genes. Natural selection figures out a way, like whatever works stays. So the further you get from the equator, your skin changes, your hair changes, you get more body hair, let's say. That is like, we all came from Africa. As we spread out, we adapt to our environment. Now it gets super racist in, uh, for a while. It's still like racist. We're still racist today. And when I say we, I don't, I don't want to need to get into like the only can one group be racist. Let's look at the 1800s where once Darwin had his theories about evolution to the species, uh, humans start to apply it like well then that means that humans evolve differently and some are more evolved than others and some are better and so like they took that 
And like, well, if you're Caucasian, then you are the most evolved human. Not true. Doesn't have to do anything to do with intelligence. It's your physical, biological self. Your body changed due to your surrounding environment. Whatever type of body increased the likelihood to pass on its genes continued. Whatever didn't eventually dropped its, it made its way out of the gene pool. Okay. Now, I said before that we are, as we're hunter-gatherers and we're moving around and we're collecting our food, you're either going to hunt the food or you're gathering the berries and the nuts and the mushrooms or whatever else, which also something to think about, like natural selection, kind of. Um, think about it like this. I like to think about this, that humans walked around like collect berries and like would eat one and then someone would die from eating a poisonous berry and everyone's like, yo, did you see what Joe just ate? Take note, don't eat that. That knowledge is dependent on people dying. And that's like, nature don't care. So shout out, pour one out to all the early ancestors who sacrificed eating that berry so I can have my strawberries. Speaking of strawberries, eventually, what we do is realize, hey, wait a second. If I chill by this river, every so often this river floods, and then when it doesn't flood, that soil is popping up some plants. What if I took the seeds of those plants that I like to eat and spread them around and grew more plants? domestication of wild species of plants and herding of livestock and domesticating animals. We eventually did it. It's called the Neolithic Revolution. I don't need to like risk, if we'll call it that, going to get my food. If I can grow my food and I know as long as the harvest is good, I can feed my people that seems like a pretty good deal. And that's farming. We invented, if you will, farming. We took animals, wild animals, we domesticated them, selective breeding, the traits that we like, we passed that on. We did it to wolves. I'm looking at my dogs right now. They are the product of that. We domesticated plants. Now this happens all over the world. Mesopotamia and China and South America and Africa, it's happening everywhere. Um, and what we're doing is ensuring that we're going to meet our basic needs of food and water. Now, we then have to develop like the safety aspect. We need to then protect it. What we start to shift, we shift from everyone has a role of either being a hunter or a gatherer to, okay, some people are farming, but our, as our population is starting to grow, and that's what farming does, it allows for the population to grow because we're all just chilling here now. We don't always have to move, and we pretty much have a supply of food year-round. 
start popping out more babies. Now, what ends up happening is the social structure gets a little bit more complex. No, you got farmers, but then you got people who are like, well, I don't need to farm. We need people to protect the fields like soldiers, don't we? Yeah, uh, you're right. We probably should have soldiers just in case like like you could be a farmer and a soldier, but um, positions, roles start to pop up. We start to enter into what are called civilizations. Now, a civilization is a complex society that creates agricultural surpluses, allowing for specialized labor, social hierarchy and the establishment of cities. Thank you, Khan Academy. Think about that. Agricultural surpluses. We have enough food. We have met that basic need. Specialized labor. Okay, you are going to be a farmer. You are going to be a soldier. You are going to be a governor and make the laws. You're going to be a religious person. You're going to connect to God because we need God to make sure that this flood is going to be good for us here. Not only that, We got this. Like, think this is think about the social structure, the complexity that starts to develop. If I am a soldier, I'm not all the time going out and getting my food. I'm not in charge of the food, but my work has value and worth, right? So, Mister Farmer, you got to grow food. And then because of my work, I should be able to get some of the food because I'm helping you. Like we're, this is, we're trading where I have worth. My job has worth. Then you start to get into people and like, so that's the trade. And then is this the currency? Is the currency like wheat? Is it the food? Is it the little silver coins that we're going to make to trade to each other? How do I ensure that if I'm not farming and worrying about food, I need to make sure that I'm doing something that we collectively identify as has value so that I can be able to get some food and meet my basic needs. Folks, the same thing's happening today. You do a job that we collectively identify has value so you get a paycheck and you have to first meet your basic needs of I got I need a place to live I gotta get food and water. It's still happening today. But the origins are once farming gets, in, gets introduced, like civilization and complex society starts to pop up. The population starts to grow. Then what about a social hierarchy or a social structure? Are we gonna then start to put value on positions or like is it possible for within a civilization, and that's like a group of people living in the same area, working together, we'll call it, Can is everyone equal? Do the governments, or the, the governments, the government officials, like are they more valuable because they're making the rules? Then what, ha- what usually happens is people start to say like, hey, I control the wheat. This is my land. You can live on my land. And like it starts to get complex. You start to see things like a pharaoh in Egypt. A lot of times it's based off of religion. 
like even the Europeans with kings that was um, their divine right they were like God chose them they start to develop again obviously they have a language they have to have the same language are they going to start to write things down they got to start figure if they're doing trade they got to start to figure out math potentially we got to figure out the numbers here like how much is this person's worth the government develops taxes what are taxes i we are all going to give up a little bit of our wheat to the government so the government can give it out to other people like th th wouldn't that unless like the farmer is directly paying me the soldier it could be the farmer gives up some of his food to the government the governors the governing group and the government distributes that so i just get my wheat from the government and i don't have to worry about like going to the farmer's house every weekend like hey where's my wheat taxes starts to develop we start to develop laws okay we're all gonna agree you should not do this it's like the hammurabi code code we're developing laws we are all going to agree about the rules and behaviors that's cultural norms this is normal this is not good you should not steal if you steal like the hammerami code would be like you get your hand chopped off your right hand an eye for an eye and we're all going to function over under these laws why because if we don't have laws we don't have order and if we don't have order that decreases the likelihood that we're going to meet our basic needs which is goes back to the more communal and the more we can work together that increases the likelihood of survival are meeting our basic needs we need order we need structure if all of us one if all of us were speaking different languages that would be chaotic we can't work together so we have to develop the same language that's why like that's evolution that's natural selection that gets passed down we got to teach these kids how to speak. Then like ideally we teach these kids how to use like critical thinking so then they can actually like help our society. We don't have to take care of them. They need to serve. Are you kidding me? We're going to tell these kids what to do? Oh my gosh. But we all and like you don't think about it now, but when you go out into the street and you're walking around like everyone is in a sense working together we're all in the same community now it doesn't feel like it all the time and like you don't view it like that now because like we're a lot because of how developed we are we don't have to constantly be depending on each other but society is incredibly complex civilization is incredibly complex you need the law and order a lot of times early on that was based on religion religion brought people together because if you believe in god or a god or gods that's a good way to get people to follow. So different positions or roles pop up in our society. Farmers, artisans, traders, merchants, spiritual leaders. 
classes probably start to develop. It, I don't know if it's natural or not, but I don't know of a community other than, and we'll get into it when we get into liberty, like hunter gatherers or like a lot of Native American groups, for instance, were egalitarian, where it was fairly equal across the board because everyone is just you're either you have a role, you do it. Your role is equally vital in ensuring the survival of the group. We're going to look at um, stateless societies in Africa and like how they function. And essentially, a bunch of people in an area functioning without a government or like a shared set of laws and like what that looks like. Because in the United States, like maybe we like to think like we're the most free, but that might not be the case. Is there a better way to function? Now, the higher the numbers get, as in like the population density, the higher the population gets, the more difficult it is to have lack of structure, like to be just like easy breezy, laissez-faire. Why? Because theoretically, I am an American and so a statesman, whatever you want to call it. I know Americans includes North and South. I'm an American. I'm driving down the highway driving down the highway and I see someone and let's say like I cut them off. I probably cut them off because I don't know who they are. Like we're both Americans, but like, I don't know you. I'm never going to see you again. So the higher the population gets, the less community we'll, we'll call it between the people. Like when it's a small close knit group, they're all about like public shame (laughs) and like what value are you to the group and everyone knows each other everyone's in each other's business but like maybe that's good I don't know because if I know everyone here and I cut off Suzanne on my way to work like that's gonna come back people are gonna hear about that I'm like yo Stevenson you cut her off and you flipped her off like you can't do that and like I'm going to experience shame I'd also like to clarify, I don't do that. I'm not that guy. But if I were, I could do that to whoever, Joe Schmo. There's a really good chance I'm never going to see that person again. And if I'm driving by myself, I don't got to tell anyone about it. Like that person's going to go home and be like, can you believe what this person did? But like, they're not going to be there unless like I become a public figure and like Stevenson, I saw him on Instagram. That's why politicians and all these people are getting in like your past comes up, I guess. Anywho, that's all like inner dynamic, right? We, when society forms and we all stick in the same area and agriculture develops, we humans tend to, and these are like, this is the algorithm I'm talking about. This, if this happens, we can expect blank to happen. If an area of humans develops agriculture, we can expect a civilization to pop up. A city, usually, Religion starts to pop up. A government pops up. Law and order. Taxes. A military develops. Culture happens. This is the algorithm of humans. You got the individual psychology and then you got sociology. And you can expect things to happen. And you can't view it like this. You can expect religion to occur. You can't predict what the religion is going to be, but you can expect for religion to pop up. Same thing for language. There's no way for you to tell the language, like what it's going to be, but you can expect 
they're going to develop something. Now, I saw this before. I thought it was really interesting in regards to culture. And well, again, we'll get more into culture. But like, I saw that the closer groups are to the equator, the more physical they are. Like the more close they are, like touching. And the further you get from the equator, the less cultures tend to be. You can't like do a blanket statement, but tend to be like touching. So like going, I don't, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a culture, but like in some cultures, like when you walk out of someone, they'll, they'll put their hand on your shoulder and like talk to you and get like real in your face. At least in my culture where I come from, it's like, all right, brother, let's have a little bit of distance here. Like you need to back up. So this is what I this is what I mean about the algorithm. You can expect if they're closer to the equator, you can make some predictions and like it's more likely to happen. It's not always going to happen because that's also the crazy thing about humans. You never know, man. We're we are the wild card. Cuz we don't even understand ourselves. But this is all the inner dynamic. These are things that we can expect to happen. We're going to dive into culture. Like what that means. So a like, culture develops what is culture? How does culture vary? We're going to get a better understanding of what it means to be human through that. Um, you also have the outer dynamics. So when our group, our civilization, we are all under the same government. We're speaking the same language. We probably share the same religion. We don't have to. That's the United States. Hey, we don't even have to speak the same language here in the United States. Like there isn't a national language. People like expect you to speak English. A lot of people speak English because of colonization. And England was very good at it. And then because like the United States became a global power where it's like you, if you want to be competitive, like if you grew up in Asia, you're better off learning English than not knowing English. That's like, it could be a thing in the United States. Like you might be in 20 years if you can on your resume say, I am bilingual, I speak English and Spanish, you are probably more competitive. You have a competitive advantage over someone who can only speak English. That's a reality. Anywho, the America is different as in like, we don't have a set religion. Although people will argue that like, it's supposed to be, hey, freedom of religion, do what you want. Early, early, early cultures and civilizations, they probably share the same religion, the same language. We have the same currency. We're not worried about like how many chickens do your cow? Like we got the dollar. Currency starts to pop up. But then you got my group and then another group. And then we got to worry about conflict between these two groups. That's like military, diplomacy, diplomatic relations, conflict resolution. If we got to go to war, why are we doing it? Are we starving? We need their food. They're encroaching on our territory that we've defined like, hey, this line, if you cross it over this river, you are in our territory. You can't come over here and try to take some of our wheat. That's a problem. And it's difficult when they don't speak the same, like they speak a different language than us. But then also, ideally, we're going to trade like, oh, you grow some really nice strawberries and we like the strawberries. We got fish because we're on the coast. How about I will give you some fish for your strawberries? And then they're like, you got yourself a deal. And then we're going to trade and then like the value is going to shift, right? We're always trying to get the edge. This is going to lead to trade. We're going to talk about this in industrialization, the trade war with China. 
importing, exporting, bringing value into our place, our society. We got borders. Think about that. That's a crazy one. We agree, like, the people, whoever people, fancy schmancy people in their offices smoking their cigars, and again, back, back in the day, they might have been smoking something, but probably not cigars. They're like looking at a map, and like, all right, this line here, this is ours, our land. Very human of us. Now, kind of, um, other animals have territories, and like, if you go onto their territory and you are the same species, like, you got yourself a conflict. So that's not just a human thing, but I'm saying like looking at maps and like, I now declare this and like name it. That's kind of a human thing. But this is the beginning, folks. This is humans doing what humans do, playing the game and taking over. We are able to one, meet our basic needs through hunting and gathering, which switches to agriculture. We domesticate plants and animals. Once we do that and we're chilling in the same spot, the population is going to grow. As the population grows, it gets more complex. Okay, hold up. We got to establish laws here because these, like, I don't know everybody, but we all have to be functioning under the same laws. There have to be consequences. It's law and order. We got to at least ideally have a similar currency. Like that's an issue that the states had in the United States. Like once we turn from colonies to states, are we going to have the same currency? Like what happens here? Because the South Carolina dollar might be different from the Georgia dollar. And that just seems complicated. We need to develop social structure as in, okay, this is what you do. This is your role. You're a farmer, you're a soldier, you're a merchant. And then we figure out the value that a lot of times tends to lead to the social hierarchy. Now, when we get into the gender unit, we're gonna see like other things then start to impact the social hierarchy, such as like gender, race, or sex, race, all these different things, right? It will impact where you are in the hierarchy. Not saying it's a good thing, I'm saying that's a reality, at least from what we understand. There are, I don't know of a developed society that is fully just equal across the board. There are so many variables to that, but some are doing it better than others. The United States, not so hot right now. We'll get into that. But I want to go back to what I said in the beginning with the infants. I feel, and you can feel differently. And again, it's not, we can get into debates and discussions about like, well, what will the language look like? It seems pretty logical and helps us understand the algorithm that those two humans will develop a language could be grunting could it could be nonverbal hands they'll figure something out they have to communicate i guess they don't have to but they're humans they probably will 
I would love to know. My guess about the religion would be that the when the slot opens and the hand drops off the plate of food. Based off of their understanding of reality in the universe, they don't know. Like, oh, that's just Jerry. Jerry does the grunt work and Jerry's got to drop off the food. Like, that's what everyone else outside of the room knows. Jerry. But to the two people in the room, a hand pops up or a hand comes in, like, gives them manna. Food. They need it. They woulda. They need it. There might turn into a little bit of a religious connection there. Like, that is the hand that feeds God. Like, maybe they'll start to do ceremonies and traditions. Will they develop their own traditions? And a tradition could be, I mean, like, anything. We sing happy birthday. That's your tradition. It's awkward. I don't know if anyone likes it, but we do it. I bet they would develop traditions. Like perhaps they sing a song when the food shows up or like when the food is there, like they do something ritual. Now add more, like go back to day zero or day one and add in, okay, we're going to have five infants they're gonna start to grow up the likelihood of the social hierarchy like one being the more dominant as in when the food gets there they're like they fight off all the others and then they take the food like first off i eat and then they eat like okay you get some food you get some food you get some food and they like distribute it out is that not the same thing on a different scale government that he's the law or she, but no offense. Well, let's think, I, this will be the last thing and then we'll think that we'll be done. If he is, and I would love for you to let me know if I'm wrong. Now, this is like the algorithm. I think a general social hierarchy will start to develop the more people that you get. Like five people, homo sapiens, One's probably going to be dominant, like the alpha, as we call them. And then the other, either like four are going to be all on the same page, or it's like one, two, three, four, five, like ranked. Or two are going to rule. I don't know. Or all five are going to be equal. I would be surprised if that was the case. But if it's a guy, I would assume that the guy is like physically stronger and just fought off the food or fought off the people for the food. Like when, if Jerry allows for that to happen, the biggest person will control the food or the person with the most wit. You got to think about that. If you are smaller, which tends to be like females, if you're smaller, which you tend to be, no offense, Ronda Rousey would not Ronda Rousey would, but let's shout out to Amanda Nunez would kill me. So I'm not saying like, Oh, women are tiny. I'm just saying 
Men tend to be larger and stronger than women. There are women who could beat up men, 100%. But what, I, like Brock Lesnar versus Amanda Nunez, I don't know. I don't know here. Brock Lesnar in that room with that food, I don't, I'm five, ten and three quarters. I like to say 5'11, but I'm just cheating myself. And weigh like 155 pounds. Like, I'm not fighting against Brock Lesnar. So the only way for me to work my way up is to use strength, is to use wit. As in like, I'm going to play their minds. Same thing with women. How are they going to do it? For me, I got to figure out how to work around Brock where uh, like... I'm trying to think of characters. There's definitely like cartoon characters where like the big brawny dude also comes off as stupid, which you can be large and smart, but, and like the tiny smart person like bosses them around. I'd have to figure that out. Or I just have to be super friendly and like hope for whatever food that Brock Lesnar will give me because I can't kill Brock. Brock Lesnar is a giant of, or Francis Ngannou, I'm talking... MMA fighters, like Google these people. Google Francis Ngannou. And then imagine that plate of food comes in and this is our basic need and we haven't eaten in a day and it's between me and Francis. I'm not going to make it. There's no way. If Francis wants to kill me, Francis will take the food and if he wants to eat all of it, I can't do anything about it. Now, the more people we add into this room, the likelihood of social hierarchy or at least social structure increases. It could become completely egalitarian and equal. I don't know if that would be the case. I don't know if we have that. Now, like we were hunters and gatherers and I was just as good as a hunter as Francis and Ganu. Let's say because I'm faster and I have better cardio. Like I have worth. You got to establish your worth in this made up scenario. But anywho, the more people we add, the more complex this culture gets, but you can bet language is gonna develop, social structure is probably gonna develop. Along with the social structure, it could be like a government, law and order. Hey, when we're all in this room together, like you can't do that. It could be shame, it could be like punishment. We're all going to throw tomatoes at you. Whatever this culture is, man, I would... This is the issue. Like, there's no way you can test this out because that's so unethical. Something to think about. Tune in next week. That's it, folks. Think about what it takes for us to get here. and Think about all the different scenarios of the room. Two people five people, 20 people, different color skin. Everyone's got blue eyes except for one kid who's got green eyes. What do they say about that kid? An albino? Oh man, there's so many different scenarios. Just spend a week in thinking about and talking. This is the point. Talk about it with friends. Like This is fun to talk about. If there was 20 people and one person was albino, like what happens to that person? And I'm not like, that person could be the leader. That could be like a spiritual thing to them. Or they're the black sheep. They're at the bottom of the rung. Or nothing. Like they just don't even acknowledge it. They're like, well, I don't know. 
There's no mirrors. All right, think about it. Adios. Bells ringing. <laughs>